4: On Monday, the 14th of December 2020, football said goodbye to a great of the game, Liverpool's treble-winning manager, Gerard Houllier.
5: Gary McAllister into the
6: We'll win it with a golden goal.
5: He made me see things through a, a man's eyes. Not a young boy with a few quid and an ego. It wasn't about just on the training pitch. Like if I trained well or played well, he wanted to know what was going on when I left the
0: training ground. Like what did you do? Are you new to the area? How have you settled in? What have you been up to? Do you need anything? And as I said, he was just a great, great man.
6: Andrew Johnson.
5: he won trophies because of our discipline not our talent. This is a guy that even with the health problems that he had continued to work
4: incredibly hard in the sport that he loved.
5: Stretching his legs and getting away from
2: Dixon and getting his shot away. That is just absolutely fantastic. He
7: has won the cup for Liverpool all by himself.
1: He won it on his own practically. I mean I mean the team was with him but we were 1-0 down and he scored two goals uh at the end of the game.
7: Here is Michael Owen with a chance to make it three, which he does immediately. Another trophy is going to Anfield, the Liverpool Football Club, to the League Cup, to the FA Cup, to the UEFA Cup, to the Charity Shield, is now added the European Super Cup.
5: In terms of knowing tactics, captivating the room, inspiring, he was brilliant, he was, he was a great guy
4: innovative, a tactician, one of the sport's greatest minds. During his six-year spell at Anfield, Gerard Houllier won four major trophies, but the Frenchman's impact on the game stretches much further than just silverware. Over the course of the next hour, the TalkSport family mourns the death of a gentleman. You'll hear from Liverpool legends Phil Thompson, Dima Maherman and Danny Murphy, just to name a few, plus we'll relive his finest moments, both on and off the field. This is TalkSport's tribute to Gerard Houllier.
0: Incredibly sad news uh, in the world of football this morning. The former Liverpool Aston Villa and France manager Gerard Houllier has died at the age of 73. Uh, He took charge at Liverpool between 1998 and 2004. Uh, That included winning that incredible treble of the FA Cup, the League Cup and the UEFA Cup in 2001. His final job was with Aston Villa in the 2010-11 season. He also coached his country France for a year in the early 90s. Gerard Houllier, the former Liverpool, Aston Villa and France manager, has died today at the age of 73.
4: A day later, Gerard's influence on the game was clear to see. Father figure, legacy, the man who gave his life to Liverpool. Just a handful of quotes across the back pages, dedicated to one of the sport's nice guys. An announcement out of the blue for many, including French football expert Eric Bielderman. This
8: is uh, dreadful news and uh, what I can tell you is that uh, we were not expecting it at all, we, we, we were not aware that uh, he was uh, under uh, heavy surgery and that… Uh, I just got the, the news uh, ten minutes ago, I was on the line and I just saw it on the social network.
4: Julier passed away just days after a heart operation in Paris, a career blighted by health issues. Just before the turn of the century, he needed emergency heart surgery after falling ill on the bench during a Premier League game. He also had to step down from his role at Aston Villa in 2011, shortly after falling ill with heart problems. But European football expert Kev Hatchard was one of the first to hail the Frenchman's devotion to the sport. I mean, this is a guy that even with the health problems that he had, continued to work incredibly hard in the sport that he loved, and Danny will know that better than most. Yeah. And he had success in a number of roles, but he was a teacher first and foremost. He was an educator. I mean, people forget that in the in the late 60s, uh, he had a spell on Merseyside working as a teaching assistant. Years he was in charge of Liverpool, which included the treble of League Cup, FA Cup, and UEFA Cup in 2001, and of course, a return to the Champions League. A second League Cup triumph would follow in 2003, and he left soon after, following 307 matches, returning the club to the days of old. Former striker Robbie Fowler was part of Houllier's squad during that spell.
5: I think his attention to detail within within football
3: was just incredible. I mean, you, you forget the football side of I and mean, as much as he achieved everything that he probably needed to. He's, he's a nice man and that is the best way to describe him as well, you know, and,
2: and it's just incredibly
8: sad for his family.
4: Speaking to Sky Sports News, the Liverpool legend Jamie Carragher thanked Julier for all he'd done for his career, as well as the likes of Stephen Gerrard and Michael Owen.
2: Anyone at such a young age, you're, you're like a sponge for information at that. You know, you, you really look up to your manager. And, and just in that spell that he had for those five or six years at Liverpool, I mean, I just absolutely adore that man.
4: Another man to benefit greatly from Gerard Julier's influence on the game is a talk sport favourite. It's working. Danny Murphy won six trophies on Merseyside under Julier and was co-hosting Talksport's White to Jordan show when he heard the news.
5: He'd want me to talk. That's the type of man he was. You know, he'd, he always wanted you to be the best, be the best you and um, try and overcome fears. He, he changed my career, Julier. He really did. He made me see football differently, the way I looked after myself, the way I conducted myself, intelligent man, warm, charismatic. And for someone who couldn't kick a ball straight, he knew football. Sometimes he'd join in training and, you know, the lads would laugh when he'd try and ping a ball because he couldn't. But in terms of knowing tactics, captivating a room, inspiring, he was brilliant. He was, he was a great guy. And even, you know, we spoke to him We spoke to him a few times, haven't we, in the last few months. And the, the, the warmth he always gave me, I still feel, when I, when I spoke to him. So it's a sad loss I feel for his family. He's got a lovely family. And I've got so much to thank him for. Um, he he'll be he'll be grateful, Gerard, for the years he's had since he died the first time, because he died on the operating table. Um, we played Leeds, as you know, at home. Half time, he went into the toilet, state didn't come back out. He stayed in there. Every everyone was a bit. Tomo came out and sent us back out. Come back at the end of the game, he'd been rushed to hospital. And we thought, oh, he's probably you know had some sort of minor heart attack or whatever. But it wasn't minor, it was massive. Um, And I think he had an 11-, 12-hour operation in the end, and he died on the operating table, and they brought him back. And he'll be the type of man who's grateful for the years he had since that, and what he went on to do was remarkable, considering what he went through. But I remember when he was barely able to speak properly, Um, not really with it, and he still called me up after we beat Manu, and I scored, to say well done <laughs> and to congratulate me. Um, and he still called me up uh, a few weeks after that when I had a bad game and got a bit of stick to say keep going. You know, like when when he was struggling, you know, you could hear in his voice he couldn't even muster more than a few sentences. And that's the type of guy he was. You know, he he wanted to he wanted to know everything about his players. I mean, Stevie spoke about the time when he went and sat down with Stevie's parents and had a meal with them and talked about Stevie and his development and put the time in, put the effort in. And he created the foundation to where Liverpool are now. Changed the mentality, the training ground, the philosophy, the dis- everything about it was set. I did an interview at Stevie, with Stevie uh, at Stevie's house not so long back from my column and Stevie said the same thing. Mm. He put in place what was needed for Liverpool to be where they are now. Yeah. so it would be a sad loss and he, he's a wonderful guy and, and I have to say I can't even put into words how, how big an impact he had on my career and, and and the person I am
7: well I was going to say that you know and you and I have spoken about this before humble man, humble man he, Gerard would only really come on because of you yeah. uh, and he wanted to come on because of Danny um, he made you a better person you've said this yeah. t- to me before a, a football aside Danny what did he do for you as a, a man because you needed him around you didn't you he made you very aware of your responsibility,
5: not just to the club, but to your family. I had a child at the time, a son. Um, I wasn't looking after myself well. He made me see things through a, a man's eyes, not a young boy with a few quid and an ego. He made me understand the enormity of what I was doing, the club I was playing for, the responsibility I had to my parents, to my, f- to my family, to the support. You know, all these things. The way I spoke to people, the, the demeanour I had who would, he's the type of manager Simon, you've worked with a lot of managers some morning you'd walk in and he'd bring you in the office and he'd say what's wrong you're not smiling, you haven't shaved you don't say good morning what's wrong, can I help? that's the level of detail and he made you think about the way you carried yourself, the way you conducted yourself and even the way he made you behave on the pitch compared to what happened before he came to the club players Representing them each other, the club, the badge, ill discipline wasn't in our rep- it wasn't in our domain it wasn't in our repertoire as players we, we won trophies because of our discipline, not our talent. Mm. We had some great players, but we beat teams better than us because of the discipline he created and the belief he created He, he's a, he was a wonderful man he'd, be, he'd just be missed and he 'd be missed by me. I feel immense pride at playing for Liverpool, the club I love Irrelevant and a manager. But I wouldn't have got the opportunity to do what I did at that club if it wasn't for him. Because I turned up at Liverpool and Roy Evans bought me. He was a great guy. You know, good, good good Liverpool man. But he didn't have the the time, I don't think, or the, maybe the ability to, to mould me into what I became. Julier did. So the, the memories I have of Liverpool and the joy I had there playing for the club I love and lifting trophies at the club I love was because of him. Mm. So... It kind of goes hand in hand, the pride, for both of them. You know, I'd have have gone through Brick Wolf, Julio. Well, I did at times. You know, I I surpassed my own expectation of myself, I think, and what other people maybe thought I could do. Because, you know, I wasn't the best athlete in the world. He got the best out of me. Um, And sometimes you need that in life. You need someone who can show you the way, help you a little bit along the way. You can't do it all yourself. And he helped a lot of players. He really did.
4: Liverpool legend Danny Murphy's emotional tribute to Jard Houllier there. And Danny, you know this already, but Jard was a fan of yours too. Here he is speaking to Talk Sport earlier this year.
1: Good listener. But well, he was clever. I mean, he's still clever, but he was very clever. I think, you know, everybody would, uh, that uh, knows Danny would say that, you know, Danny had this great capacity. To, he was a good teammate and he was very clever. And I think what he did, you know, his career... <coughs> playing practically over 600 or 700 games at top level, you know. Um, I think between Crewe and uh, Liverpool, back to Crewe and then Liverpool, I think it was Charlton or Fulham. Um, yeah. So he, I followed his career and I realized that he became an international player as well. So that means he really got the best of himself. And that's what I call a successful career because you say he was a good listener but listening doesn't mean anything if you don't put it into action mm. and in fact Danny I think he really implemented the, what he needed to do um, to become a top player the thing is thank you for that and, he's, kind. and he's a, he brings you luck also <laughs> number 13 and every time he was in the, in the you know in the one cup final or everything like that yeah. you, would, you know you have a good chance to win
4: This is a talk sport tribute to Gerard Houllier. Tributes continue to flood in after his passing on Monday the 14th of December at the age of just 73. The Frenchman won a cup treble during his time as Liverpool manager, while he also had a spell as boss of Aston Villa. Many who played under and knew Houllier well Taken to social media in remembrance. Gerard standing over, it. it's Gerard who horizon into the top corner, and pass, Peter Maloney,
9: and fires Liverpool into the lead. And no one could stop Stephen Gerard at the vital moment. Devastated to hear the news my former manager Gerard Hullier has passed away. I will never forget what this man did for me and my career. Rest in peace, boss. You'll never walk alone. It's in. And it's a fantastic goal for Liverpool. Magnificent from Jamie Redknapp. Incredibly sad news to hear of the passing of Gerard Houllier, a man that did an amazing job for Liverpool Football Club and for football as a whole. My thoughts and prayers go out to his family. I'll never forget the day he gave me the Liverpool captaincy, the greatest honour of my career.
6: Magnificent shot from Dan, and there is Michael Owen with the follow-up. Richard Dunn wasn't able to get the ball clear,
9: and there was Michael Owen, the predator, with the finish. Absolutely heartbroken to hear that my old boss Gerard Houllier has sadly passed away. A great manager and a genuinely caring man. Rest in peace, boss.
4: Faker, others there with a selection of heartfelt tributes from Twitter. A number of current Premier League managers were also quick to pay their respects, including Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola.
3: And news uh, on behalf of course, in our team, I think all Manchester City, our uh, deep condolences to, to his family. Uh, he was an incredible lovely person. When I met him uh, in UEFA, we were in UEFA in our meetings or, uh, or when we played against Lyon or, or when I met him when I was football player in Barcelona play semi-finals uh, Euro- UEFA, Europa League in that time, UEFA, Europa League in this time against Liverpool and he was his manager. So, yeah, sad news for all uh, for world football.
4: Chelsea manager Frank Lampard echoed those thoughts.
1: He was always an absolute gentleman in the times that I met him, and just reading some uh, quotes then from people who knew him much better than me, that seems
4: to be the, the resounding thing that comes out of this. A great football person, very successful um, in his managerial career, great person, and uh, all the respect to his family. Um, thoughts with his family from myself and everyone at Chelsea, of course. Southampton manager Ralph Hartenhuhtel worked under Julier at RB Leipzig, where the former Liverpool boss worked as the head of global football.
8: Fantastic uh, um, football knowledge man. Uh, I think he he did a fantastic job in Leipzig. Brought us really some really very good players. Uh, uh, learned him with with Ralph Rangnick at the time when I was working there, and. Uh, Really sad news that he is gone.
6: Barry
5: McAllister into the middle.
4: six seasons at Liverpool, four major trophies, a club legend who set the club back on the right track following a huge rebuild at Anfield. But many aren't aware that back in 1969, Julier spent a year in Liverpool while working on his dissertation, researching the lives of children growing up in a deprived area. And it was during this year that Julier developed his passion for English football, stood on the Kop on an autumn evening and watched Bill Shankly's team thrashed on 10-0 in the Fairs Cup. On his arrival as manager in 1998, he moved to improve discipline and unity right away, taking over the so-called Spice Boys, a Liverpool side that had a reputation for living the high life and not performing. The emergence of Steven Gerrard and Michael Owen highlights,
1: of course. If I look, I said Michael Owen became Baron d'Or. Yeah. Jimmy Carragher had a good career. I would say, oh, I mean, MLSK, you know, he did what he did, but he, he, he really achieved something and he picked up some medals. So I think that you practically would say that every player has improved. I mean, what you want as a manager from a manager is to make his players realize that they can be better tomorrow than today and so forth. And and in fact, to do that, you need to have intelligent players ready to listen and to take on board and to apply what you ask them. And then did that.
4: But don't forget the back line, notably Sammy Hippier and Dietmar Hamann. The latter? Will he join Natalie Sawyer and Ali McCoist on TalkSport's
8: Sports Breakfast Show to pay his respects? I never thought I'd feel the way I would feel when I got the news uh, yesterday morning and uh, what Denny just alluded to. He was just a, a very loving and caring man. And um, I think what he or the club I found when I, when I joined in 99, you know, I think these days we jump to... Uh, the conclusion that it's a family club very prematurely. Um, but he really ran the, family, uh, the the club like a family. He treated every uh, member of staff, whether it was uh, the girls in the kitchen, the kitmen, the players, the physios. Uh, he treated everybody like one of his own and, and uh, he created something there uh, which I think is unique. And I think that was part of our success that uh, he reminded us every single day to treat people like we want to be treated, uh, and he was just the, the man he was.
10: So, what did he do for you then, personally? Did he?
8: Well, first of all, he he was the man who, who gave me the opportunity to join Liverpool in '99 from Newcastle. Mm. Uh, there was a bit of a standoff about the transfer fee, um, so it took a bit longer than expected. But he called me every other day, saying, "You will be a Liverpool player. We find a solution. We won't we won't let you down. and made it clear, I want you, and whatever it takes, we we're gonna." we're going to agree a fee with Newcastle, so that was very reassuring because sometimes uh, these things, if they do fall through, put you in a bit of an awkward position because I had made it clear I want to leave Newcastle, if I had to go back uh, it wouldn't have been the best situation, so it was very reassuring in, in that respect, and then I think he, uh, he influenced us on, on all different levels, obviously we uh, had some fantastic young English talent, I was 25 at the time when I joined, but I think in in, in terms of Developing as, as people, I think he uh, he gave us an awful lot because he, he led by example and he was just a very caring man. And I think he made it clear time and time again that generosity and looking after people will pay off at some stage. Um, and then we, we went on a run and he bought six or seven players in the sum of 99, uh, all foreigners. So uh, looking back now, I think he took a bit of a chance, but he probably had a vision that... To bring out the best in his English talent, uh, with, with Danny Murphy, with David Thompson, Mike Lowe and Jamie Carragher, Stephen Gerrard, he probably thought that he needs a bit of uh, uh, continental influence. And, um, you know, I think he was visionary in that respect. Uh, we we changed the training ground. He built the new Melwood. Uh, so I think um, you can't underestimate the, the impact he's had. Uh, he put Liverpool back on the map there also. The year after he left, we won the European Cup. And if you look at the players who made a part uh, on that night in Istanbul, uh, I don't think that would have been possible without Gerard.
6: I'm thinking and looking at some of the fantastic, wonderful names that have been involved in Liverpool Football Club over the years, you know, going back to Shankly, mm-hmm. Bob Paisley, Joe Fearing and Kenny and boys like that. But clearly, Didi, the people of Liverpool, you know, would would hold Gerard in, in, in the same high esteem.
4: This is a talk sport tribute to Gerard Houllier. Tributes continue to flood in after his passing on Monday the 14th of December at the age of just 73. A man who had a profound effect on the French national side. On September the 3rd, 1947, he had hopes of becoming a professional footballer. After he transitioned into coaching, he found his big break at Lons, where he guided them from the second division to fourth place in League 1, and as a result, a place in the UEFA Cup. Then in 1985, he was offered the job of coaching Paris Saint-Germain, where he bought the team their first league title a year later. Champion de France, le Paris Saint-Germain! And his talents didn't go unnoticed by the French FA, And in 1988 he was asked to become technical director, with the task of building the next generation. After a brief stint as manager of the national side, he remained technical director, where he focused on developing a group of players selected at the age of 12. Among them, Nicolas Anelka, David Trezeguet and Thierry Henry. What
8: a man! What a coach! And the youngsters that you see everywhere coming through uh, all the time, playing in different leagues, coming through France. He had a lot. Of, he had a
4: lot to do with that. Uh, so it's a sad day for French football. In 1997 he guided the under-18s to the European title and when France won the senior World Cup a year later there were calls for an extra medal to be struck in recognition of Julier's contribution. French football writer Philippe Auclair was a friend.
3: You can look at the list of honours which is quite extraordinary. You should also remember that Girard played a huge role in building um, the infrastructure which enabled France to to win the, the World Cup in 98 and, and the Euro in 2020, but in 22,000, excuse me. But um, I think that what everything, everything that people come to is there is the humanity, um, the human dimension uh, of of this great manager. Um, I. I think actually, I mean, I, you can imagine I've been asked to contribute a few pieces, you know, here and there already today, which is not the easiest of things to to do when you're talking about really a friend as much as anything else. But yeah, sure. I, I, I found that, that like everyone else, I was talking about the man before talking about you know, the uh, quintuple in 2001 or, or what he did with Lyon. And, I, you know, I, what was coming back to my mind was rather gestures of generosity. Uh, it was more of the incredible openness he had towards others. It was his love for English football and the English football family. And, you know, I think that's a crucial thing is that I think that, in a way, Gerard was much more appreciated in England than he was in France. And that um, he felt that his real home was uh, not just in Liverpool, but also within the um, the, the, the family of English football. And um, I, I, I kept thinking about you know all these you know functions he would attend. Nothing was you know obliging him to go there, but he would he would travel from anywhere to be to be with us and 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 to share his, his memories and, and and to say hello to old friends, to meet new friends because he had. Of all these wonderful gifts, his greatest gift was for friendship. He was an incredibly loyal man. He was an incredibly generous man. Sorry, and and um, and you know, what can I say? I mean, yeah, obviously, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's it's for us. It's it's you know, he 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 meant so much as a man. He meant so much as a man, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and to me, as to hundreds of others i'm sure i've I've been coming across stories you know people have been t- telling stories um, anecdotes about him on on Twitter and how they met him by chance. He arranged tickets to go to and arranged tickets to go to the world Cup and he would do that he would he would do that all the time he took pleasure in giving pleasure i mean what greater compliment i mean that can be paid to anybody I mean what wonderful life he's had? And uh, what a wonderful life also he has given to others. And uh, it's in this this capacity of giving and sharing, I think that he's he was he managed to become um, this, this this great coach as well. You just have to hear what his former players and uh, you've talked to Danny Murphy. I'm sure if you talk to Michael Owen or if you talk to, to Jamie Carragher or. Any, any others, perhaps not Daffy even. but, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> of um, but you know, he, he, he had a gift for that, for, you know, he, he, he was hypersensitive. I, that's one of the things that I, was one, that I always I, I felt wonderful is that somebody who was so hypersensitive, somebody who was so emotional in his approach of football could bear being in the position of a football manager. You know, when you're constantly criticized, when you're constantly uh, in the public eye and and people are throwing things at you, you have to deal with all the problems in the dressing room and with your boardroom and and with the French national team. Remember, you know, he was the national team manager when France got beaten by Bulgaria that night, that famous night, dark night. And yet, what did he do after that? Others would have slammed the door, gone somewhere else. What did he do? He just went back to his office job at the French F.A., he carried on uh, as a national technical director to get the French national team ready for 1998. It took over the under-20s. T- he took over the under-20s. He, he was already a French national champion at the time. And, and and he he basically got back to work and then became the Liverpool coach and, and he had this second career. But that, that tells you, I think, something as well about um, the, the love, that the deep love he had for, for, for football but especially for English football. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was his consuming passion, really. He, he he was really, it was his home, his family and his home.
4: Another voice to pay respect to Gerard Houllier is a member of the 100 Club and talk sport favourite Darren Bent. Houllier managed Aston Villa after Martin O'Neill walked out of the club in 2010 and went on to oversee 40 matches that season, all before his ill health forced him to step down a year later.
0: He was a great guy. I mean, as you said, they, he was the one who, who took me away from Sunderland. Um, and it's quite, surprising to be fair because at the time I think at Sunderland we were fifth or sixth in the league Villa were near the bottom but obviously having that conversation with him um, I think it was only for about 10 minutes I mean I knew there was interest but then having a, a proper conversation with him and then I spoke to him I think about 10 minutes before I did sign, and Then hearing listening to his ideas and, and how he saw things in a way he kind of saw me fitting into his team I mean he was just a, a kind of special person and I'm, I always remember him saying to me like it, he, he said it would be impossible for me not to score goals in this team that's what he said to me. he said like with the players they had at the time stuart downings ashley young real creative uh, players he said if you're in this team you'll score goals i have no doubts and as i said he just, he just saw things and made me a better player and I'll, I'll stand by it even though i might have scored more goals elsewhere mm-hmm. that period from january to the end of the season um was probably the best football i played in my entire career in terms of the way i played and the goals i scored and things like that so real special person
10: a real special person, and I know on social media you took to Twitter and, mm. and, and, and wrote some lovely words. And right at the end of the tweet, you you said, "He taught me to see things differently." What did you mean by that?
0: Yeah, I mean just in terms of on the pitch, and just kind of not even positive outlay, but just like just in terms of rather than looking at say things negatively. First of all, go positively. This is what you can do. This is what you can do. This is what you can achieve. Rather than things like, "Oh, I wonder if I can do that." Am I good enough to do that? Mm. He just mm. said, but "Don't don't think that." When you go out there it's like I, I put it my debut for for um, Aston Villa was against Manchester City and I've gone there record feed people talking about it and I'm really really nervous and I'm thinking well you, you, as a centre forward you look at the fixture list and you go oh I wonder when my first goal's gonna come because I think we had City and we had some top teams coming up so you think if right, I don't score on the right. first goal the first game they've spent a lot of money on me it's, oh, it's, it's not going to go well so you start thinking oh when's the first one coming I remember him just walking to kind of the back of the bus and sitting next to me and just saying listen Relax. It doesn't really matter if you don't score today. It doesn't matter. Like you, I brought you to play at this football club. It doesn't matter if you don't score today. No big deal. Go again next week. It doesn't happen next week. We just keep going. And it just that them few simple words. I went okay, and obviously on my debut I managed to score and we win one nil. But I think without that kind of speech and that his positive outlook on things, the game could have turned out very differently.
6: Hmm. Dan, I'm just going to say, mate. That's uh, uh, and uh, Natalie and I were talking about it earlier on. It's a one overriding thing. That I'm getting for everybody yourself, and I was reading, as I said yesterday, Jamie, Stevie, Gerard, Robin, all the all the boys that played under him. the the one overriding thing, the human touch from the man, you know what I mean? He clearly was an excellent coach and a and a, and a very good manager, but just his interaction with individuals seems to have been top class.
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, it was superb. I mean. Every, after I'd signed for, for Aston Villa and he'd see me all the time as I said there were times after games he'd invite my parents into his, his office and talk to them and he knew them by name if I saw him at training like how's your mum how's your dad things like that you know I mean? It was. He, I think he took the time not to just know players on the pitch but off the pitch as well and for me it was, it was a shame I only got to work with him for such a short space of time because as I said I felt like if I'd have stayed with him maybe a little bit longer and he'd have stayed there I think my game could have gone to another level. Do I, think, really? I, I do believe I could have gone to another level because it, it was just so different. It, it, was, it Even in training, he'd say to me, just try this a little bit and it'd make a massive difference about my positioning on the pitch or the way I, I, I finished a, a strike off if I stood in this position here. And as I said, it's a, it's a real shame that we've lost him. But listen, he, he, for me, he was one of the very best.
10: We've we've talked about it already with with a few people today. Dominic mm. King from the Mail, Didi Haman as well. And I asked Didi Haman, it's only now that, that we sort of start hearing all these wonderful yeah. stories about mm-hmm. what what well, is just a gentleman that we've lost from the game um, but I asked him about is he perhaps one of the most underrated managers that we've seen here in the Premier League
0: I would, I would probably go along with that I mean I'm sure if he was to speak to Liverpool fans obviously he, he was integral in, in Liverpool winning them trophies so I think yeah. Liverpool would always appreciate him and say no he's been one of the very best in our in our history but potentially yeah out, out of um out, out of that you'd have to say probably people don't not even remember him as much but he doesn't really get the, the plaudits that he deserves and, and to be fair I don't, I don't even think when he was at Aston Villa he probably got the respect that he, he deserved either mm-hmm. because you he, he talk about a top manager who's been at the very very highest of the game and I don't think potentially a lot of the Villa fans took to him I think even some of the players didn't really take to him but I think that comes down to a kind of a mentality a mentality thing but for me personally on my level he was absolutely superb and as I said I can't thank him enough for what he did for me in that short space of time
4: this is a talk sport tribute to Gerard Houllier. Tributes continue to flood in after his passing on Monday the 14th of December at the age of just 73, including one from a Liverpool legend and now Rangers manager, Steven Gerard, who has credited Houllier as the man who shaped him as a footballer and a person. This is
2: not a guy who would just focused solely on football and what you gave to him in terms of the relationship player to manager. This was someone who wanted to change me as a human being to become an elite professional. I'll never forget that.
4: In October 2003, it was Hulia who appointed Gerard as Liverpool's new captain. All this remember when the former midfielder was just 23. A bold move from the Frenchman and Danny Murphy puts Liverpool's success down to the discipline Hulia instilled.
5: Ill discipline wasn't in our repertoire as players. We, we won trophies because of our discipline, not our talent. Mm. We had some great players, but we beat teams better than us because of the discipline he created and the belief he created. He he was a wonderful man, he'd he'd just be missed, and he'd be missed by me.
4: Alex Miller, who worked at Liverpool with Hulier as the club's director of scouting, saw that he understood the city.
2: Well, he was a school teacher, that's why he was in Liverpool. He he worked in Liverpool previously, so he he knew the the, the type of person that Liverpool were People from Liverpool are very similar to different areas in in the UK that... uh, they like to see someone working hard and uh, getting their rewards and they'll support them all the way and that, that's the Liverpool support. If you work hard for the team, that was a major thing in my time at Liverpool. Okay, we were successful, very successful um, but they, they, never really, they never really gave abuse to the team. No matter if we lost, I've seen many a day we we'd lose and you go out in the pitch maybe twenty minutes later to do your warm down because the police wouldn't let, allow it right after the game, and uh, the, the fans were kept in as you know, in stadiums and they would uh, uh, give you applause and you've just lost and that that was the, that was a sort of uh, Liverpool supporter that was that was the, uh, even in Europe was the same uh, a few times we lost in Europe, away from home. And you're going round the pitch uh, 25 minutes after the game, 30 minutes after the game to do your warm down because you've got a, a fixture at the weekend again and uh, they gave the players applause.
7: Another trophy is going to Anfield, the Liverpool Football Club, to the League Cup, to the FA Cup, to the UEFA Cup, to the Charity Shield. is now added
6: the European Super Cup.
4: Another familiar name to pay respect to Gerard Houllier on Talk Sport is Phil Thompson, who worked as his assistant manager in his six years at the club. Thompson, who had captained Liverpool to success in the 70s and 80s, was brought back to his boyhood club by the Frenchman, here he is speaking to Jim White and Simon Jordan.
10: It was very difficult, Jim, especially in the morning and people trying to get in touch because it was, it was, I don't know, it, it was like a member of their family dying and it was, and it was such a shock because they didn't realise he'd gone in and he was having a, excuse me, an operation in, in Paris. So to get the, the news as it did yesterday morning about quarter to ten was, was just a massive shock because we had such a wonderful relationship Besides obviously being sort of coaches, if you want, um, at the same time, it was just we had such a wonderful thing. And all day yesterday with my sons and the wife, we were talking about all uh, the good times and how great it was. And even as we'd finished and in the last few years, he'd see my sons when he'd come to Anfield and they would grown up, got a lot bigger. And he knew them, recognised them. And he'd give him a kiss on either side of the cheek, which they felt embarrassing, but it was his <laughs> affectionate way of, as you would know, his affectionate way of greeting everybody.
7: Yes, indeed. We we were in Simon and I were, were on yesterday, Phil. You would you would know with uh, Danny Murphy. Danny Danny had a very difficult time yesterday and composed himself and and spoke magnificently about Gerard. Um, yeah. Now you you assisted Gerard at, at the club. You, when you look back at it, what, I mean, probably very few people know Gerard Hooley better than you did, Phil. What were his qualities?
10: Well, his qualities were wonderful and it's, it's been well documented in, you know, on the TV and the papers, warm um, care. And, but he could be he could be fierce as well with it. He didn't share making big judgments. And Simon will know that. As a manager, sometimes you have to make them. And as as players, yeah, well, oh, you, you call the managers everything because, oh, you can't do that to me, this, that. But as you get older, you will realise why big decisions had to be made and you go into management yourself and you do it. So he never shaped an issue, but he had that wonderful, warm, human touch. And you felt it coming out of Carragher's words, Stephen Gerrard's words, Danny's words, as players, and how you felt.
6: Yes, and yes. Tara
10: and Stephen always said that, Rafa probably just about edged it as a coach or as a man-manager. Julier was a million miles uh, apart from him. He was, he was top class, took care of them and the families. And I think that was the side of him which really sort of got to people why they really loved them.
7: Do you know what I think? That's such a good point that Phil is making, very S- Simon. Point, yeah. And I think he's the kind of guy that you would love to have worked with. I think Hulie.
10: Well,
4: yeah, absolutely. And I and I described him yesterday as very elegant. And I remember when yeah. we played you, Phil, in two thousand and one in the cup semi final. Uh, and I described an instance when Gerard greeted all our players when they came in to wish them luck in the game because we'd beaten you the first leg, and obviously you <laughs> took us to the cleaners in the second. Um, but also, Danny described the rebuilding of Liverpool. And the re energizing and the recalibrating of Liverpool as a power and the genesis of that being with Gerard and yourselves, do you do you equate that and what Liverpool are now in part were with being built underneath the reef. you know, the reemphasizing of Liverpool back as a power under Gerard and yourself and then moving on to Benitez winning the Champions League and so on and so forth. Do you do recognise that and what Danny's saying?
10: Yeah, very much so, because I can <laughs> We came together just after the, the Spice Boys era and that was yeah. still their very, very sort of prominence. And that had to be changed and I re- realised my role in it was to sort of shape things up a little bit. But Gerard had to do it in a very del- delicate way. It still couldn't live with the likes of what we'd done before, eight aside for for like 40 minutes, 50 minutes every day. That's the way it was. The club had to change the club had been in the doldrums for too long and it had to change. And we couldn't keep on going that way. That worked before. The new generation needed better coaching, better teaching. And Julier was the man to bring that, you know, and he'd had that history uh, behind him of what he did for Clairefontaine in, in France. So this guy had come at the right time. So it was difficult for some players to actually change. And like Wenger, what Wenger did for Arsenal, Julier was moving Liverpool forward. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was difficult. And We did and we were successful and we did great. I still think there was just a few of those Liverpool fans who, who never never really give him. Because it, it, yeah, as you know with managers, Simon, the wheels do come off in the end. Yep. And that happens. And it happened for Rafa Benitez. But I think for Benitez to win the Champions League in 2005 with a, I think it was nine players that we'd had, mm-hmm. I think... People had looked at Rafa in a different light to Gerard because he won that the big one in 2005, and it meant our ones. Some people were looking at it as a bit meaningless, but it was it was a year that people should never forget.
4: On Monday, the 14th of December, 2020, football said goodbye to a great of the game, Liverpool's treble-winning manager, Gerard Houllier. But as you've heard, the Frenchman's impact on the game stretches much further. Here's another example from sports writer Martin Samuel.
9: As a person, he, he's, a, he's a lovely guy. Um, the heart uh, problem that he had was to do with his alter. And we, I was interviewing him once. We were sitting in his office at Anfield. And uh, I happened to mention that uh, my dad had a, a similar thing. He had an alter. Valve replacement, and um, so we we were talking about this, and we were talking mm. about the recovery of it, oh, and everything. Every single time he saw me, uh, from that day onwards, the first thing he asked was how's your dad? How's uh, how's he getting on is he, you know, still with us and everything. He never ever forgot it. He, and and it didn't matter if you were at a major international tournament, bumped into each other at the airport, bumped into each other in a restaurant or anything like that. It's always the first thing he asked. Never about football, never about the match you just seen or whatever. He was a he was a he was a lovely guy.
7: Matt, you're a big Liverpool fan as I understand it. Good morning to you. This is sad news, Matt. Uh, How will you remember Gerard Houllier?
10: Uh,
1: Good good morning, guys. Um, Good morning, Matt.
7: uh, I'm I'm
2: absolutely devastated. Um, He was such a gentleman. And I
8: even even said before, that even though Benitez gave me a massive uh, memory in 2005, that... Gerard Hillier was a like more likable person than Divine is and in two thousand one his my best memories since becoming a Liverpool fan and
7: Take your time, Matt. Gerard I am absolutely
3: devastated
1: <laughs> Absolutely.